Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton with yours truly. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Definitely hope everybody is well. Um, I have a lot to talk about on this episode, and it's with definitely with a heavy heart. You know, normally on this show, I try to keep things very sports uh, affiliated. I try to keep it light. Even though I know I use my platform for what I need to use it for because I try to be as responsible as I can with my platform. And I'm going to speak the truth the way it needs to come out, period, or whatever my point of view is. Uh, As many of you have been gracious enough to take a listen to my show every week, and I appreciate those who have chimed in. For those of you that this may be your first time listening to my show, um, this is who I am. I am a black man. I am a black father who is the father of a black son. And I say all of that to say today is going to be a slightly different type of show. Yes, we're going to get into some sports topics. Absolutely. But I would not be the host that I am. And I didn't I won't feel responsible if I don't use my platform to speak out on the injustices that continue to happen and permeate throughout the body of this country. Now, many of you know, we have gone through a lot, at least since I was a kid, and it's gotten progressively worse when it comes to police brutality and the brutality of black folks and people of color. And my recollection of police brutality before I encountered it myself was the Rodney King tape. And I was a kid, I was a little kid, and I couldn't believe what I saw. And I thought for certain those officers would be going to jail because they beat this man half to death. Lo and behold, that was my first lesson on what the law thinks of us as black people and people of color. And I witnessed so many others. Sandra Bland to Ezell Ford to Oscar Grant. And I bring up Oscar Grant for a reason. You'll understand why I bring up Oscar Grant momentarily. And shout out to the Oscar Grant Foundation, matter of fact, uh, his lovely mother and that family uh, who continues to seek out justice for their murdered son and brother and and family member. Um, They do some great work at the Oscar Grant Foundation. And I say that to say there was a young man over the weekend that was savagely murdered, who happened to be unarmed, who was a 20-year-old young man by the name of Dante Wright, who is also the father of a one-year-old son, I believe. And this young man who was driving his mother's car happened to be pulled over, yanked out of his car. The young man was scared. So he got back in his vehicle with his mother on the telephone. Mind you, she's listening to everything that's going on. The body cam footage that was released on Monday 
uh, that I'm sure most of you have witnessed by now as you listen to this broadcast. His mother had to hear that entire confrontation. And that was the last thing she heard of her son before he was ultimately killed by a 25-year-old vet of the Brooklyn Center Police Department in Minnesota. Minnesota. Officer Kim Porter reached, allegedly thought that she was reaching for her stun gun or her taser gun, I should say. And she pulled out her service revolver and shot the unarmed young man and killed him. Her name was Officer Kim Porter. She was also president of the police union. Now, what infuriates me the most is the fact that they're trying to downplay this murder and saying that it was accidental. How the hell is it accidental? When you have a young man who's visibly scared, a young black man who is visibly scared because of what we've all been conditioned to see over the course of several decades, and you mistakenly, according to you, reached for your pistol versus reaching for your taser, and you don't know the difference after being 25 years on the force? Nah, I'm all stocked up on crazy. You can sell that crap to someone else because I'm not buying that. You murdered this young man and you wonder why people are outraged. You wonder why people are doing what they're doing. And again, I'm not condoning any type of vandalism because that's not going to solve anything either. I understand the anger. I understand the frustration. I understand the, the, the willingness to get that, release that frustration But I can't blame the people for doing it. I can't blame them. I couldn't blame them in 1992 when the L.A. riots popped off. Even as a kid, I was upset. I was crying because I didn't understand why they let four guilty cops off. But then I realized as I got older, as cops harassed me growing up because I'm walking while black. I don't have a criminal record to save my life. And I'm glad I don't. Now, ain't nothing to think. I'm, I'm not saying that to be thing. Like, I think I'm better than the next person. No. I've done my share of things. But at the same time, I was racially profiled many a times by LAPD. And as a young black man, you get scared. Even if everything checks out to be accurate, everything's on the up and up, as we say. Doesn't matter. All they see is one thing, the color of your skin. And that's exactly what Kim Porter saw, a Potter, excuse me, Kim Potter saw when she reached for her gun and act like, oh, I, I mistakenly reached for my taser. Now, what's ironic about this is the fact that they're trying to downplay this already in the court of public opinion because they know what's ahead, because they are 10 to 15 miles away from Minneapolis, Minnesota where there's a trial going on right now with Darren Chauvin, the officer that put the knee in the back of George Floyd and ultimately killed him. So they know what's at stake, which is why they're trying to get in front of it and and using the media to get in front of it because they, to try to cushion the blow. This woman, this officer is a murderer. And she murdered this young man. She should be arrested for murder, not first degree, because I don't think it was premeditated as such. 
but she definitely needs to be arrested for murder and stand trial. And this family needs to get justice. When I saw that young man's mother, Dante Wright, when I saw his mother crying, and now she has to try to help raise that grandbaby. So what do you tell that grandbaby? What do you tell that grandson about his father, whom he'll never know because of a racist, reckless officer that decided to take matters into her own hands? You could have restrained him. If you felt any kind of, you had you had enough time with other officers there to realize what side your revolver is on and what side your taser is on. You decided to take justice in your own hands. But if that would be, if that was a civilian that decided to do that, he'd be a, he or she would be arrested at on the spot. No questions asked. But because this woman hides behind a badge and a gun, she gets to go through a process. Where is the process for Dante Wright? Is she going to go to that young man when he gets older and say, hey, I killed your dad because he was black and I thought he was a threat, just like I think you'll be a threat when you get older? See, every time we drive as black men, especially as black people, people of color, but as black men, I'm speaking as a black man, I'm nervous. Anytime a cop gets behind me, I get nervous. Because let me tell you something. I'm a father. When the George, when George Floyd's video came out, my son happened to watch. And I didn't realize he was watching. That's why you got to keep an eye on your kids sometimes. You know, other than, you know, what you normally do. And I remember the, the, the day I was going to the studio to record my radio show, this program here. I, I had it on another station. And he was crying profusely. I mean, he gave me a vice grip. Telling me, please, daddy, I don't want you to go. I don't want I don't want you to come back. I don't want you to go. He was scared. This was a young child who was scared for my safety. Because he thought his dad would not return because of what he's witnessed on that television. Because what an officer did to George Floyd. He thought was going to possibly happen to me. You see the trauma that goes on from a young age? And you killed this young man, 20 years old, who would never be able to raise his son, who would never be able to have a talk to his son. He'll never be able to see his son go to kindergarten or preschool or graduate kindergarten, going to the first grade. He will never, ever be able to see his son achieve something that probably he would he didn't even achieve yet in life. He'll never see his son graduate the sixth grade going into junior high school or however it's orchestrated now. He'll never be able to see his young son go into high school and then ultimately graduate high school, maybe go to college, maybe invent something that we all could use in the tech world or in the medicine world or what have you. That young man, Dante Wright, will never, ever be able to see that with his son. Because he's no longer here because somebody took his life. That had no reason to take that man's life.
So, yes, I'm upset. Yes, I'm frustrated. But things are going to have to change. Because this is going to keep going on. This is systemic. This is systemic and institutionalized racism that runs deep in the bowels of America and in its justice system, which trickles down to its police forces. This thing is going to have to change. We're going to have to start making laws and start influencing the laws to change on a national level, on a statewide level, and a local level. And I tell you what, because when you hear about these settlements, like we heard about Breonna Taylor's family settling, we heard about George Floyd's family settling, you know who has to pay for those? Us as taxpaying citizens, the state. But I'm willing to bet laws start to change. And you start to get these cops and go start digging into 90% of their pensions and say, from now on, we are not only not only will you stand trial for what you did and the wrongs that you committed, we're going to take at least 90% of your pension along with other monies that you have coming. We're going to damn near put you under a freeway for what you did to that family and what you did to that individual, whether you murdered them, maimed them, or whatever it was that you violated their civil rights as human beings. I guarantee you it won't stop it, but I get, I'll be willing to bet it will curtail it a huge deal. It'll curtail all this nonsense because this is ridiculous. We, we, we've gone over this time and time again. Mind you, we still haven't gotten to the Armand Aubrey trial. We still haven't gotten to the Armand Aubrey trial. But the young man that was hunted down by white supremacists down there in Georgia and was killed like an animal. We haven't got to that trial yet. We're still dealing with George Floyd, and rightfully so. We still can't get justice for Breonna Taylor. So when is it going to end, ladies and gentlemen? When is it going to stop? Is it ever going to stop? Because I'm not optimistic that it will. Not when you allow officers and you allow these people to use their racist rhetoric and beliefs and, and allow them to hide behind a badge and a gun. No, it's not going to stop. And I pray for Dante Wright's family. I send him, there's his family, his, his dear mother and their family, condolences, positive energy and strength their way. And anybody else that has lost someone to police brutality or violence of any sort. This can't keep happening, guys. This can't keep happening. It's time out for this. It's got to stop. And the sad part about it is I don't believe it ever will. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to get into Kyrie Irving and his situation that popped off this past weekend with Dennis Schroeder. Was he in the right? Was he in the wrong? And what's going on with Kyrie? We'll get into that and more on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Please stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. 
This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Good morning, amigo. Amanda, your thoughts? So this is my first ever bowl of cereal with milk. So it's kind of an eye-opening experience. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's been the big joke. You didn't know that? You should have muted. I thought you back. were kidding me. No, I seriously have never had a bowl of milk and cereal. I'm your daughter. How, I'm, I'm your daughter. Like, <laughs> I'm your daughter. Yes, Frank! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> That's a bite. That's a bite. <laughs> and coincidentally, we're eating cereal. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. Hey, this is Ron Rivera listening to Slam Radio. Now back to TMA Extra Dose with Nick Hamilton only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Nick Hamilton LA. You can also follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Make sure you download and subscribe to me on my YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash NH Experience TV for all the latest and greatest in the world of sports, pop culture, and lifestyle. So make sure you give me a, a subscribe, hit the subscribe button. I appreciate that. Before we get into the Kyrie topic, I thought I was checking out uh, news on Monday and I came across something that I think everybody should take a listen to. If you, had a, if you haven't got a chance to listen to uh, what I'm about to play for you, it is Greg Popovich, who's the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs, who's always been very outspoken, who's always spoken the truth when it comes to matters of police brutality, racism, inequality, things of that nature. And he really says something to me that really struck a nerve with me and it struck a chord because what he was saying was very on point. And I think oftentimes we will get caught up in the emotion of what has transpired tragically, as we all are. We're human beings. But we often, once the heat is off, so to speak, we move on. And oftentimes we move on too quickly and we don't continue to remind folks of the brutality that goes on and the mental uh, anguish that we have to that we have to deal with as a result of that. So please take a listen to what Greg Popovich had to say uh, regarding the killing and the in the murder, I should say, of unarmed black men, as I talked about earlier, Dante Wright. Take a listen to what Greg Popovich had to say. Uh, this is after the uh, lieutenant was stopped 
you know, before that, uh, I mean, the army officer, lieutenant. Uh, it's just, uh, just makes you sick to your stomach. I, you know, it's how many times does it have to happen? And, you know, it's, it's sick to our stomachs as we might feel, you know, that individual's dead. He's dead. And his family's grieving and his friends are grieving. And we just keep moving on as if nothing's happening. It's, you know, I, I've said it before. I, I think we're already in the process of being Rome. Uh, it's, it's over uh, unless we find some leadership and some common sense and some finding some people that can steer us in the right direction. It, 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 it's all connected. It's the same you know, feeling we have with guns and the massacres. Um, you know, we see what's happening with policing and young black men, middle-aged black, doesn't matter, black men and some other people of color. And with the massacres of our children, it's the same thing. It goes on and on and everybody says, well, when's it gonna be enough? You know, of course I don't have those answers, but the people who, who continually fight to maintain that status quo uh, are not good people. And I wholeheartedly agree with Greg Popovich on that. He's absolutely right. Nothing more I can say on that. He is absolutely right. All right, moving along, uh, keeping the show rolling. Kyrie Irving. Now, Kyrie Irving has also been a guy who's kind of been an activist and been alert on what's going on in the streets of America when it deals with topics such as police brutality and racism and inequality and things of that nature. But on the basketball court, that's been something different. Now, Saturday night, the Lakers faced the, the Brooklyn Nets, and surprisingly, the Lakers won and damn near beat the brakes off the Brooklyn Nets without the services of, of Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Ben McLemore knocked down five threes, contributed significantly uh, as, as he was recently acquired. Andre Drummond looked phenomenal. But there was a situation in the second half between Dennis Schroeder and Kyrie Irving. And trust me, Kyrie was getting cooked for the majority of this game until he was ejected. And Dennis Schroeder pretty much handled his business, giving Buddy that work. And Kyrie Irving did not like being cooked and didn't take a liking to being embarrassed on national television. And I understand it. He's a competitor. He's a superstar. He's a competitor. Who likes being cooked? Who likes getting that work? But he did. So the two went to a drawing match. There was some words that were exchanged. Possible racial slur was it was exchanged between the two. And it was they were both subsequently ejected. Now, the Lakers at that point only had a four-point lead. Lakers went on, made a nice couple of runs, ended up winning the game. And left KD all by his lonesome. Even though KD had a good game, 
he could have used the help because the team was without James Harden. And now they're going to be without Kyrie Irving. And then the Monday game comes up and Kyrie says, I need a personal day. I'm not going to play due to personal reasons. Now, we all hope that everything is okay with Kyrie Irving. I don't wish bad on anybody like that. But damn, man, how many more personal days do you really need? Because here's my question. If you're there to play basketball in a 72-game season, right, how much more time do you need? Are you going to play or not? Because when you're in and out, I'm going to play, I'm going to not play, that breaks the continuity of the team. Say what you want, but Kyrie can ball. We all know Kyrie is gifted to ball. Just like we, we praise Kevin Durant, just like we praise James Harden, just like we that, that team that was assembled with Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge and the rest of those guys, we were all in awe like, man, they stacking the deck because we know those these guys can play and they're playing together. How do you build any continuity when you're not when you're not around? Now, James Harden is injured. We get why he's not around. And say what you want about James Harden, but James Harden is not taking games off unless he was injured. When he came to Brooklyn, he he balled out. He played. Hell, he was at one point was in the MVP conversation. So I can't knock James Harden, even though what he did in Houston, something I don't really wholeheartedly agree with, but I understand he wanted to get out, and I understand why he wanted to get out. Okay? He's out, came to Brooklyn, did a masterful job while he was on the floor until he got injured. So I can't knock James Harden. But Kyrie Irving, this was supposed to be you and KD's team. You convinced KD to come near. And you don't even show up the times that, that KD needs you? What is going through your mind? What's happening? And if you need to take these many personal days, maybe you take some time away so you get your head straight or whatever's going on behind the scenes. And again, I'm not here to make fun or make light of what's going on because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I am not the man to make fun of somebody or make light of what their serious circumstances may be. But I'm strictly talking about basketball. And if you're not going to be there consistently, it's just like if I come on this on these airwaves if and dealing with Slam Radio and Sirius XM, and I do one show a month, even though I'm scheduled to do shows every single week, unless there was a holiday or I have an emergency. And that has happened. But I try to be here as consistently as I can because – I'm I, that's what I'm that's what I'm here to do. And my show is only going to improve if I continue to improve it by being here. I can't be I can't not be here and expect the show to do what is what I think it should do. Hell, I'm not here all the time. I'm taking weeks off at a time. I'm not showing up. So guess what I'm doing? I'm making it harder for the good folks over at Slam Radio. I'm making it harder for SiriusXM. I'm making it harder for you all that may be listening to me because I'm not around. I'm not dependable. And that's my problem with Kyrie Irving. You're getting paid millions of dollars. And beyond the, the money, the fact that you say you love basketball, which I think you do, 
But you got to be consistent, especially with a team that's still trying to figure things out and trying to gel with one another and build some type of continuity and chemistry. You have some new members on the squad. What example are you setting to them? You're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to lead by example. And this is what you do? Oh, I need a personal day. Oh, I need to go over here. I need to go over there. Really? Are you there to play basketball or not? I don't give a damn if you think the world is flat. That's your idiotic thinking. I don't care. But what you do on the within the 94 feet is what I look at. And I'm not taking anything away from you being an excellent player. I'm not taking anything away from that. But damn, can you be there so we can all see it and enjoy it and be witness to it? Because there's no way. If I'm a fan and I'm paying my hard-earned money because I'm getting an opportunity to be back in the building because I haven't been, in, been able to come to games because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and now I'm allowed to come back into games and I'm paying my hard-earned money for tickets to watch you, to watch Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden when he's healthy, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan, and whoever else is over, over there on the squad. I'm paying my hard-earned money to watch that. I'm not paying my hard-earned money to watch a third of the big three compete. And you got yourself thrown out of a game for what? Because you want to jib? You know how sensitive these, these soft-ass referees are? You going to give them a reason to kick you out? Because you couldn't keep your mouth shut to a dude that's younger than you who ain't even from this country? I get the dis- If you felt disrespected... That was a moment in time for you to go over there and put your arm around him and put your jersey up so we couldn't see what you guys were talking about. And that was, as, as my good uh, colleague and friend Jackie Ray would say, that was a teachable moment. And, hell, you probably could have stayed in the game, but so could Dennis Schroeder. I'm not just saying you were the sole reason why you and Dennis Schroeder. It takes two to tango. Dennis was wrong just like you were in, in error. You were in your feelings. You were in you were in, in, in an emotional state, and this is why you were in the position that you're in. This is why you get criticized the way that you do, because you lead with emotion. A wise man once told me, never let emotions dictate your decisions, because you will live to regret those decisions, and they're not going to be in your favor. So again, I'm not questioning if Kyrie loves to play basketball. I think he does. I think Kyrie loves the ball. He shows it. I mean, the boy has he immensely, he's immensely talented. But you're not above reproach and you're not above criticism, Kyrie. That's the problem. And I, and I, I applaud Kyrie for the statement that he made. And if you want to listen to what I have to say about that statement, make sure you check out the opposite reaction on Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific. 7 p.m. Eastern on Dash Radio, Dash Talk X. You want to listen live, make sure you download the Dash Radio app. And we're also available on all streaming platforms, just like this show is available on all streaming platforms. But no, I'm not cutting, I'm not cutting Kyrie any quarters. If you're going to be there, then be there. If not, step your ass to the side and let somebody else 
play ball alongside Kyrie, and then we'll wait for James Harden to come back from his injury, and we'll watch James Harden and Kyrie Irving, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Blake Griffin, and the rest of the guys that's on the squad ball and try to compete for an NBA title. Because you can't be consistent enough to show up. You're not dependable, sir. That's why people are upset with you, because you're lack of being dependable. You're not dependable. And I'm telling you, it's going to come to a head with Kevin Durant. It's going to come to a head because Kevin is a is a gym rat. Say what you want about Kevin Durant and his outburst. And yeah, he got railroaded with that 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 snitch uh, Michael Rappaport. But on the floor, KD shows up. He's coming off an Achilles injury. And he shows up night in and night out to ball. KD loves basketball. He's one to me, number two, as far as the NBA is concerned right now, behind LeBron James. And at one point, he was the guy. So I have no questions about Kevin Durant. Again, I don't have no questions about James Harden. But Kyrie Irving, you need to get it together, man. Whatever you're going through, seek some counseling, get some help, whatever it is, and get your mind right and come to work ready to play. And not don't just do it for the fans. Don't just do it for people in the media that may be criticizing you. Do it for your teammates who depend on you. Because I'm going to tell you something. If there's any dissension in the ranks internally, we're going to figure it out. Because it's going to rear its ugly head, especially come playoff time in the Eastern Conference. I witnessed some internal strife during a very serious moment as a team was competing for its fourth title. And yeah, they dealt with an injury to a major player on that squad. But there was so much internal strife, they couldn't even get past it. And I'm not taking anything away from the Detroit Pistons because they played a hell of a series. But I'll be willing to bet if Kobe Bryant... Shaquille O'Neal and all those guys on that team were playing as a unit and the bickering wasn't back and forth between Kobe and Shaq or whatever it was, I'd be willing to bet they would have won that series. But ego, too many egos were involved and too many people weren't playing on the same page. Hope it doesn't happen to the Brooklyn Nets because of Kyrie Irving. All right, y'all, coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to take our final timeout, and we're going to get into our final segment of this show. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Gronk, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show and you're listening to Slam Radio. Now back to TMA Extra Dose with Nick Hamilton only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on SiriusXM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up on all social media platforms, well, specifically Instagram and Facebook at Nick Hamilton LA, and also on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Also, make sure you follow me and subscribe to me on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash TV. All right, y'all, final segment of the show. I don't know if you guys caught that Warriors game where uh, – my man Steph Curry dropped 53 on the Denver Nuggets in a win uh, up in the Bay Area on Monday night. But that wasn't really the point of the, the game or the emphasis of the game. Unfortunately, Jamal Murray, who I think is a hell of a baller. I mean, he's been instrumental in, in Denver Nuggets success over the last couple of seasons. Uh, Mike Malone has done an incredible job with this squad especially what we saw in the bubble last year when they made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals uh, against the Los Angeles Lakers, but just didn't have enough in the tank to beat LeBron and AD and the, stat, and the squad rather uh, in the bubble. But on Monday night, uh, when Jamal Murray tried to split two defenders um, with about 51 seconds left in the game, uh, he ended up grabbing his knee. Non-contact, grabbed his knee in pain. Mike Malone rushed out ordered uh, medical attention. Uh, they had to help Jamal Murray off the court. And, you know, it, it, it is a significant knee injury uh, as we know it. However, um, you know, they have to wait for the MRI results, um, which always can, can, can be, you know, hit or miss, uh, x-rays, things of that nature. Uh, Mike Malone said, obviously, it's a down locker room, not just because of the loss, but – you know, Jamal Murray, hopefully he won't be lost for the season. Uh, but if he is, that's going to be a huge blow to the Denver Nuggets because I had the Denver Nuggets as one of the most dangerous teams in the Western Conference because of what they did with the trade with Aaron Gordon, getting uh, uh, JaVale McGee coming off the bench. But now you had a guy uh, that, that could help score along with Jamal Murray and Jokic and those guys, Will Barton. Um, so now that, that puts Denver's you know, championship hopes in jeopardy because if Jamal Murray can't go, that's going to be a big time blow for that for that offense because Jamal Murray does help move that offense very well. Um, you know, Jamal Murray's a great player. Uh, you know, a lot of guys even off the floor 
you know, when they're not competing against him, really like him. Say so he's a really likable guy. And I've, you know, had a chance to interview Jamal Murray, you know, when we do the Zoom meetings and stuff, especially last season. Uh, really likable guy, uh, very competitive, definitely about his business, shows up to work. Um, you know, he was averaging about 26.5 points a game along with six assists, about five rebounds uh, in, in those 19 playoff games last year. Um, just a sad situation, man. You see a guy just go out like that because you never want to see anybody hurt. I don't care. I know a lot of fans out there, you know, they root against, you know, guys that are competing against their teams. But I don't think any true fan wants to see a guy injured. I think they want their team to beat the other opposing team at full strength. So there's no excuses. There's no reasons why this didn't happen or that didn't happen. They want to beat him at full strength. Um, and he's a huge piece of that Nuggets team. I know we talk about Jokic, you know, and the Joker, uh, Jokic and the Joker, but in the Joker's putting up some MVP type numbers this year, but Jamal Murray definitely moves that needle, you know? So, um, Props to him, and hopefully he has a you know he he has a speedy recovery. Um, again, we don't know what the outcome right now at the recording of this broadcast. So, uh, you know, as we get more and more information, definitely we'll put it out there to you. Again, follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton two one three. Now, as you all recall, last year, uh, doing or this past year, uh, doing the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs assistant coach Britt Reed, who's the son of head coach Andy Reed, uh, was involved in a car crash uh, that left a five-year-old girl critically injured um, as they were coming off, I believe, coming off the interstate. According to the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office, uh, they filed a Class D felony charge on Monday, stating that Reed, quote, operated a motor vehicle while under the influence of alcohol and acted with criminal negligence by driving at an excessive rate of speed, end quote. Now, here's the kicker. If Reed is convicted, he faces a maximum of seven years in state prison. Um, on Monday, he surrendered. Uh, he was released after posting a $100,000 bond. As part of his bond release, Reed was ordered to not consume any alcohol or visit any establishment where alcohol is the primary item sold. He also must report to a dependency service clinic for pre-trial supervision and is subject to random drug testing and must use the alcohol and GPS monitoring devices, which means I do believe if they're still like that, you got to blow into this device in order for your car to turn on. And if you blow clean, then your car will turn on. And that happens every time you turn the vehicle off and you have to turn it back on. You have to blow into that contraption. Um, Five-year-old Ariel Young and another child were also inside of the car. Um, here's my thing with that situation. And I, I still, I, you know, thoughts and prayers out to that little girl and her family because uh, she was really in some bad shape. But it's amazing how they let him walk into the police station, surrender himself, Post a hundred thousand dollars bond, he gets to go home to his family. But there's another young man who will never see his family ever again. His family will never ever see him again. And there's been countless incidents like that of people that don't 
that don't look like me or you, whoever may be listening, and they look like Andy Reid. I just find that very interesting. And that man deserves his day in court, no question. He needs to be account for his actions and what he did to that little girl and what he caused the pain in that family. And, and understand, once the, 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 the court trial goes on, there will be a civil suit coming, if it hasn't already. Trust me. Trust me. And if I were that little girl's parents, I'd be trying to put that dude under a freeway because I have no sympathy for drunk drivers at all. Because in these days and times, there's no excuse. You have taxis, you have Lyft, you have Uber. You have, I mean, on even on holidays, they've had it where AAA will actually tow your car so many miles so you don't have to drive home drunk. This man, I'm sure, has a plethora of friends that could have drove him home. You want to drink? Fine. I drink. But I don't drive. I don't get behind the wheel after I've been drinking. See, that's the thing. Let me tell you guys something. The reason why I'm so harsh and have no mercy and no sympathy on drunk drivers, because I was in an accident because of a drunk driver. And it totaled out my car. And I literally, when I was from, from the point of impact, I had just, you know, the crosswalk. So if you're driving on the street and there's a crosswalk, right? Then there's the intersection, other side of the crosswalk, past the intersection. I literally was hit just as I was coming out of the crosswalk. The man cut a left-hand turn in front of me. He had no right to do it. I got hit, hit so hard, I cut across the intersection, almost, almost ran into the light, the traffic light pole. Fortunately, my brakes worked. My car was totaled. I messed up my wrist. I messed up my, my shoulder blade. I was in bad shape for a while. I was in really bad shape. I lost my car. I had to go through physical therapy. Had to obtain an attorney. And the dude didn't even have a, a have insurance. Barely had a barely had a license. And he tried to get away. And because there were witnesses outside, they made sure they held him down. Well, he couldn't get away. But he was so drunk, he just he slumped over and fell down himself. Until the police arrived. He had like an 85 like Dodge Ram van. If any of you guys see them old Dodge Ram vans, man, they're tough as steel. These plexi, these plexiglass cars they make now, man, that ran, that's why my car was totaled. So that's why I have no sympathy for a drunk driver. Because there's no excuse to be drunk and be behind the wheel. I don't give a damn what it is. And if you get caught, that's your own damn fault. I don't feel nothing for you. Nothing. I don't give a damn if you my family member, if you my friend. You shouldn't have been driving drunk. That's your fault. You old enough to drink, you old enough to make a decision not to drive drunk and kill somebody if you don't end up killing yourself as well and causing grief on someone else. Now that little girl got to deal with whatever injury she got to deal with and that family has to deal with those things from a mental and physical standpoint because you wanted to drink. One decision, man, is all it takes. It's all it takes. So Britt Reed, 
One decision. One damn decision. All right, y'all. Let's get into a few news and notes before I get on out of here. Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman uh, has announced his retirement from the sport of the football. Uh, you know, he was a three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, one of Tom Brady's targets, and now he's stepping away from the game. So congratulations to him. I think he had a really solid career. Many asked, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. And usually when you say, I don't know, and it's not a definitive yes, he's probably not. But props to Julian Edelman. Props to Julian Edelman. Hey, man, he did his thing. And I can't be mad at him for it. What else is going on these days? So, you guys ready for the NFL draft that's coming up? And what's interesting is the fact that college football is actually starting to have spring games. I know this Saturday in in Los Angeles, USC is having their spring game, which really seems like it came out of nowhere, but because COVID threw everything off. Sports is starting to get back to this normalcy that we're accustomed to as far as timing and frame. And like I said, I think I said this on another show. I don't know if I said it on this show, but I also said too, by tail end of 2021, sports is going to get back to normal. With everything opening back up, I know the state of California plans on opening up completely by June 15th or a little bit after that, depending on where you live in the state of California. But everything will be wide open. We still have to wear masks, which I'm which I'm all in favor of. I know Staples Center, who is also allowing fans to come in, I, be, I think believe t- between 10 and 15 percent capacity. Fans either have to have a vaccination card available or they have to show a negative COVID test within three three days before, prior to the game that they're attending. So either or, they're going to have to showcase that. Same thing with us in the media. We got to go through the same protocols because they're allowing fans back in on April 15th. The Lakers are allowing fans back in on April 18th. The Los Angeles Clippers allow fans back in. And I think on April the 20th, 420, <laughs> for those of you that know what 420 is about, uh, the Los Angeles Kings are allowing fans back in. So hopefully, uh, you know, won't be a lot of smoke. But anyway, yeah, that's what we're dealing with. Um, right now, Southern Cal- well, California itself is in the, the next tier, which is about 33% capacity at, at stadiums. I know baseball stands. I was at Dodger Stadium on Thursday, last Thursday. I mean, last Friday, rather, for the opening day, which I thought was fantastic. The, the stadium looked amazing. Uh, if you go on my Instagram page at Nick Hamilton LA, you'll see I had a behind-the-scenes preview of what the upgrades were around Dodger Stadium. And it was great to see the guys get their rings. And props to David Price, too. I have to give him some props, too. Uh, he's actually going to raffle off his championship ring on uh, the proceeds and the profits are going to go to uh, the players Alliance, which, which does a lot of good uh, for in the black communities and communities of color. Um, and I think recently, if I'm not mistaken, uh, what the players Alliance did, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, 
The Players Alliance, uh, which consists of a group of over 150 former and current black baseball players who look to create change in equality in the game of baseball uh, and bring baseball throughout the black community. Now, the Players Alliance has donated about $41.7 million to black communities. Um, and, our, and during the offseason, if some of you recall, the Players Alliance went on about a 33, 34 city tour to help deliver over $1 million worth of ba uh, baseball equipment to black com uh, to the black communities and communities of color. Uh, so I thought that was absolutely outstanding for David Price to be a part. He's always been uh, one of the faces and really been uh, uh, instrumental in making sure the Players Alliance uh, continues to keep moving forward. And uh, so props to him for au auctioning off his ring uh, for a great call. So congratulations to David Price. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers and that organization, as well as Dave Roberts uh, and the players as well. Um, just a great time uh, to be back in the stands. And it was great to see fans back in the stands. It was over about 15,000 fans. And it was just like it was great uh, to be at Angel Stadium when they had their home opener. Uh, during opening week, man, to see fans back in the stands, uh, seeing guys really be able to to get that energy uh, for that comeback win for the Angels a couple of weeks uh, ago. So it was really cool to be back out there. Hopefully, as we move along, we'll get more and more fans back in the, in the stands. And again, we'll go back to some type of normalcy when it comes to the sports world, when it comes to the NFL, college football, the NBA and the NHL as we move along this year. And hopefully some other some other entertainment events will continue to come back. Uh, you know, you got the ESPYs coming up. You got the Kids Choice Awards coming up. You got uh, several other events coming up out here in Southern California. So hopefully we'll get back to some type of normalcy uh, when it comes to that. And as people continue to get vaccinated, people continue to get tested and, and continue to utilize the social distance protocols and the health and safety protocols, we can get past this enough where we can start going into whatever this new normal is going to be in our lives and our lifetime. So please, everybody remain healthy. Uh, please stay safe. Love each other. Thank you so much for tuning in to this portion of the broadcast. Uh, thank you for checking me out again. We'll be back next week. We'll talk some more sports. We'll get into that. I'd like to thank all the good folks over at slam radio. Thank you to everybody. Sirius XM. And thank you most importantly to the listeners for checking me out and taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to what I have to say. All right, so make sure you follow me once again on, on social media platforms on Instagram and Facebook at Nick Hamilton LA. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Thank you so much. Until next time, stay sharp. I'm out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton Extra Dose are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.